Hey, welcome to Off the Cup ABQ. Thanks for riding with me. I'm Dinah Vargas. I'm your host, and you're listening to the hottest, newest local talk radio for New Mexico. Off the Cup ABQ is the next level of talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for riding with me. Let's take it off the cup. You're listening to Conservative Talk Albuquerque, KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Hey everybody, welcome to Off the Cuff ABQ. Today is Monte Monday with Cristina Estrada. What's yes, happening? Everything's working today too. Last week wasn't. <laughs> there was no recording. Yeah, there was no recording. It's a bunch no. of technical difficulties. Yes. Hey, that's what happens when you're upgrading, right? Right, right. right. When you're upgrading yep. and doing new stuff. Yeah, no, nice to be back. Hopefully we get on the radio today. <laughs> we got some breaking news. I was listening to breaking news this morning that they indicted, charged Stapleton with 28 counts or something like that. It's just, it's brand new, brand new. Right. So we'll see if put that, right. I think it's all state now, but I know she's going to get federal charges on her too. I mean, she would have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had yeah. offshore accounts. Yes. She was, she was stealing from taxpayers to yes. give to her nonprofit. To her fake Nonprofits fake. and fake business mm-hmm. and everything that was all made up. It's disgusting. And thousands, hundreds of thousands of oh, dollars, yeah. actually yeah. millions. Yeah, there's millions. 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 There's even more. The co-defendant, I don't even know what his name is. but Something Johnson. He's got more. He, he got more out of it than she did. Right. Yeah, but hopefully. Uh, I know. Hope they don't go off with the ankle monitor or something. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then. At, and then the next story will read, uh, repeat offender. There you go. Repeat yeah. offender, taking advantage of the revolving <laughs> she'll door. she'll apply for public um, defender or something right. <laughs> with her millions. Oh, right. No, I, no, it's not funny. I bet you she like, has a team of attorneys. People yeah, like that, they got yeah. legal bread. And yes. that's it at the end of yes. the day. You don't have legal bread? Forget yep. about it. Yep. I, Forget yep. about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, well, congratulations to Representative Cheryl William Stapleton, you have managed to not only line your pocket, but to encourage and influence New Mexico's status of being dead last. Mm-hmm. So and corrupt and corrupt. Same dominating yeah. party, something like 90 years. Yep. 100. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> who's that? that? Like, right? Who's I'm that? A, who's that? Someone's in the studio. <laughs> Someone's in the kitchen with diamonds. <laughs> So, Burley came from American Prosperity. Yes, ma'am. Right? Americans, Americans for, for prosperity. prosperity. Welcome to the studios. How are you? Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm doing well. Good, good, good. I'm good. I'm good. It's Monday. It's Monte Monday. <laughs> we call it Mon- uh, Monte Monday because of the mountain people, you know? Oh, yeah. Because um, so often New Mexico gets uh, forgotten about yeah. outside of Bernalillo County, Santa Fe County, and Doñana. Yeah. Yep, they forget about us country folks. But I know. Yeah, I know. My, my and we, we kind of like it sometimes. Cause like, leave us alone. We're doing all right. Right. We're doing all right down there in the country. But, you know, but once in a while, we like to get a shout out. Right. Shout out <laughs> to the Monte. I'll give a shout out to uh, the Pumpkin Patch. Yes. You guys all head yes. out to Pacal's Pumpkin Patch. Yes. Always a good time. Right, right. What about the beans? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Stancia Valley beans, it, people. It, yeah. Um, Is the crop going to be good this year? Yeah, so far. I haven't heard any negative. I think the Shrey box had some issues, but yeah, no, pretty good. I saw a big stack. Somebody sent me a photo of pallets of beans, so go get your beans from Estancia. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Freshest beans. Yep. I mean, right off the Yeah, farm. when I was campaigning, they're like, okay, uh, can next time you come this way, can you bring me some 25 pounds yeah. of beans? <laughs> <laughs> the best in the West. Yeah. yeah, the best in the West. And some pumpkin chunking, too. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it's going to be on this year we just heard about that a couple of days ago that on october 9th i believe don't but check that out yeah right. they're gonna have the pumpkin chunkin it's just it's sad because we always had the carnival 
come out, but they went under during COVID, so right. no carnival, oh, yeah. but we're still going to douche. That's all you hear is douche. You don't yeah, see no fucking, you're like, whoa, where is it? Right, but yeah. right, right. It's a cool thing to see. They get <laughs> yeah. these big 20, yeah. 20 foot long uh, cannons and they do this pressurized system mm-hmm. and they chunk them out to, <laughs> yeah. that's fun. Little no, I mean, just, they disappear yeah. from right, sight. It's right, really cool. that's fun, that's fun. So what's happening? What's going on? So who is working. Americans for Prosperity? Yeah, absolutely. So we are um, Americans for Prosperity is a, a nationwide nonprofit, nonpartisan. We focus on breaking barriers for the individual so they can flourish at their highest potential. Mm-hmm. And we do that by focusing on four mutually reinfor- uh, uh, re- reinforcing principles of equal rights, mutual benefit, openness and self-actualization. Uh, we work to break through barriers internally and externally. Um, certainly many times. Um, the other other th- groups out in the world end up being the external barrier that stops somebody from achieving things that they want to achieve. The government is where we focus, right. and uh, there's a proper role for government, and we work to see it uh, held in that space of uh, upholding rights and and things of those nature. And uh, also at the same time, they can get in the way too. Right, and get too big, and and sometimes mm-hmm. we have to work hard to get them in their proper role. Right, right. We have to start hitting them in the knees. Yeah. Sometimes. Calling them out on it is what it is. People, like, um, they're afraid to speak up. They're afraid to say, hey, this doesn't work. And so you're going to give us rules, but it doesn't apply to you, the government. You know, right. it's like we're going to yeah. give all these little businesses, have to do all this red tape. But for the government, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, the wealthy and well-connected situation yeah. can get really ugly, and it, it's an incentive for bad profit versus good profit. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a poor way to design a country and a system. <laughs> And, it, and it, it is disproportionately hardest on those who have the least resources yeah. to handle the situations and overcome artificial barriers that only those who know how to handle them yeah. can do th- something yeah. about. And we run into that all the time. All the time. All, all the, the time. And New Mexico is rampant with it. Uh, we, I see it across the country. We're in 36 states and growing. And it, it's, it's everywhere. But, you know, I'm from here. I'm yeah. uh, fifth generation New Mexican. Born and, and raised. Born yeah. and raised. Uh, grew up in Albuquerque. Families from... Loving and a bunch of other places, right. both the railroads into grants, and yeah. I've seen a lot of versions in my 42 years. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's a it's a long story. It's a really beautiful, amazing place to yep. to work and and break through barriers and, mm-hmm. and help people mm-hmm. achieve potential. But um, the work never stops. It never you stops. Got work to do. It never stops. This is uh, you know when the left says the struggle's forever. It truly is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but sometimes they make up the struggle. Yeah. But what we're talking about today is real stuff like tax hikes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Big free time. speech on campus. That's going to be a big thing. It is. Right. It's a big. It's an important part of our our entire country. Mm-hmm. We just put out a podcast. I'd recommend uh, Grassroots Leadership Academy does a podcast, and they just did a great one with one of our policy experts. Um, if you guys get a note, I'll, I'll shoot it over to you yeah. and share it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, free speech on campus is vital when you have an institution of learning. It's a place where you really have an important aspect of our success in letting the next generation learn about all the different ideas to right. uh, debate them, to have a dialogue around them, and to really spend time getting to see and challenge their own ideas mm-hmm. to make them better or ultimately change their mind and right. move in a different direction. That openness is a part of a vital society, a key part of a, a thriving and vital society. And if you don't have free speech on campus, which many of our campuses across the country are developing, a system of 
um, zones, right? Um, things of that nature that really are antithetical to the culture right. of yeah. a community of learning. And then zones usually require like an application mm -hmm. process, possibly a right. fee. You have to make sure you're on the list yes. in order to say what, yes. uh, what it is you want or so that you can have permission to have mm -hmm. free speech, but Constitution already permits you. The Supreme Court's clear that if you have a spontaneous, a spontaneous um, protest, mm -hmm. if you want to petition the government, if you want to speak your piece, it is protected. They cannot stop you. No one can ever stop you. So if you're a spontaneous situation of the news of the day, yeah. the Supreme Court has clearly said that's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The government has, according to my understanding, if it's a big planned uh, conversation, they have the ability to say, hey, give yeah. us some notice. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to be treated the same. Right. It doesn't matter what topic, but it has to do with we can give some uh, measure of understanding of mm -hmm. what we need to do to make sure you get access. And you're going to have planning and you're going to have 100,000 people. Mm -hmm. Give us a date yeah. and we'll do that. Everybody can get a date and they'll right. do that. They can't say, well, this idea gets to have a conversation and that one doesn't. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. And that's vital. We have to protect mm -hmm. that. It is a clear First Amendment. It is the reason that the <laughs> people first, who left yes. places where you didn't get to speak your mind said the most important thing you can do is speak your piece. And specific, yeah, yeah, right. And, and specifically speak out against government. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, I mean, look at other places. I mean, you can get in trouble if you talk out against your government. Well, Absolutely. and then like how you say on campus. Right. Because that's where our, I have four adult children. One of them went to a four-year college. And he's my only Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some kind of bias there i mean that's awful to say i mean i speak to him and i know he's got conservative values but just because you know when he was in college his friends even said diego we feel sorry for you and i'm like well why do you feel sorry for my son i was like why because he comes from new mexico and we're ghetto here right. i mean everybody thinks new mexico's mexico but right and so he's I've like no mom yeah, yeah he's like they feel sorry for me because i told him both my parents are republican and I'm like, wait, whoa. And so we had a whole conversation. But he has a mindset. I know he's smart and he speaks out and I know he says stuff. But to be my only four years college, well, of course, University of Massachusetts, his commencement speaker when he was, his junior was uh, Elizabeth Warren. And when he graduated, it was Jake Tapper. So, of course, see, there's a free speech only on one side. Come on now. You right. know, when our I kids was, are our kids. Yeah, I went to UNM and congrats mm -hmm. to you on four kids i've got twin <laughs> girls that are a year and a half so i'm, I'm visiting down that path um i was at unm economics degree and i had i um won't name names but mm -hmm. i had a, i had a professor tell me you better stop speaking up in class about issues because i had a much more um austrian economic theory mm -hmm. concept of economics and i was mm -hmm. learning about what they were teaching and i had you know paul krugman is one of my professors on my students or in my my class book and but they didn't talk about Hayek. They didn't talk about the guy who won the Nobel Prize mm -hmm. for economics uh, versus Keynes, who won the Keynesian or who didn't win it. But just we follow Keynesian economic yeah. theory, mm -hmm. which is um, how we're able to have potential of forty trillion dollars in debt <laughs> if we pass this uh, three and a half, yeah. th four point seven trillion dollar infrastructure package um, that they're trying to ma pass this massive tax cut for, uh, which won't pay for it even mm -hmm. if they get that, which will wreck the business sector. All of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a really important thing, whether it's economics, whether it's English, it's pervasive to not be able to have a, a culture where professors feel confident that they're okay putting all the information out there. There's a number of professors, I'm sure, across the country who, who 
feel concerned about the uh, freedom to feel like they can actually talk about the whole conversation. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, a, that's a really dangerous thing because it limits our potential as a country to have innovative ideas, to really understand all the concepts and not have a, a singularity in our, in our theory and concept. So where do you think the, the fear comes from? The cancel culture, maybe, or yeah, or absolutely, yeah. I mean, critical race theory, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, those kind of concepts are, are detrimental mm -hmm. to free thought yeah. on some cons on some level, and they really push back on people who want to have a broad conversation about yeah. a lot of topics yeah. and feel uh, able to you know have openness, but also respect and be able to listen to other people and have um, you know transparency and ideas, mm -hmm. right. but also um, to be able to have a conversation mm -hmm. it's okay to have differing ideas yes. it's okay to listen to somebody mm -hmm. else's idea it tests my idea mm -hmm. doesn't change it right unless i agree that it's a yeah. better idea and it actually challenges me if there's some part of it that could improve maybe i'll make it better so it's it's a fallacy to think you need to have um singularity in thought it's not fun it's not inviting it's not innovative it's not going to make us a stronger country right right so it's it's a damaging part of our and, and knowledge is a key thing it's a key part. We have four key institutions in our organization that we work on, government, community, business, and knowledge. The Constitution is full of ideas, mm -hmm. knowledge, private property rights, the ideas of the Magna Carta, the, mm -hmm. the ideas, all those things came forward as knowledge. Right. And, and the ideas of free people and, and mutual benefit and equal rights and what those are for people. And if you it don't have so knowledge, simple. you lose something. It's so simple. Why do they make something so simple, so complicated? You know, let's just have a conversation. Mm -hmm. That's all we ask. But they just want to throw stuff down our throats, but not hear my... When I was out campaigning, too, people talked to me for a good 20 minutes and like, oh, yeah, you know. But at the end of the conversation, you know, I asked for their vote and they asked, well, what party? And then when I say I'm a Republican, their face just turns black and they didn't even want... I'm like, we just had a good conversation, a very productive conversation. I heard you, you heard me, and we were on the same level that's all we ask is to be on the same level and, and, and have a nice, easy com conversation and knowledge and grow and learn from each other. Mm -hmm. So as part of the critical race theory, do you think it's about division too? Mm -hmm. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. And then a, a critical race theory sounds like it always has it's to like be we're critical. Going way back, way back to back when we were divided. Seriously. It's I'm, like they want to bring biggest divided right. today. And I'm like, segregation. no, quit, quit, quit dividing us. Quit on every government application. They ask, what race are you? Well, there's a division right there. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care what you are as long as you're a good person. That's all we ask. Right. Be a good person. Of and good character. Yes. And every generation should be better than the last is what I'm thinking. You know, my kids should be better than what I was. Right. And not going the other way around. Right. Yeah. yeah, we, the, yeah cool. Sorry. The thing with critical race theory is like it has to be critical of, of something. And so, you know, if it's not like the white man, if it's not the slave, it's, if it's not that, it's, it's reminding you that there's something in the past that somehow is your mm -hmm. problem today. Yes. Yeah. Right. Ultimately, we, you know, we're, we're focused on the individual. Mm -hmm. And critical race theory doesn't focus on the individual. Nope. It tries to separate you from people you, you feel connected to because of factors outside of individual connection. Right. And, and it, it d divides people in a way that they don't, wouldn't have divided themselves. Right. And um, that's, that tears apart a, a fabric of a community. Mm -hmm. It tears apart the individuals and it makes them feel very disconnected from the society that they're in. And especially during COVID, I mean, it was 14 months of lockdown 
there's uh, t- uh, suicides on the rise. Yeah. And a lot of it comes from the social media because, you know, there, there was some studies or just reading online, whatever, that after looking at Instagram or fake book, I call it crack book, <laughs> fake book, uh, people tend to feel depressed. And then so for a, a child, essentially a teenager going through all the growing pains where you already feel funny inside your body, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got pimples and all this yes, crazy stuff's mm-hmm. happening and all these emotions running through you. Tripping over everything. Tripping <laughs> over everything, hate your parents. Well, you just want to be locked in your room listening yes. to music, whatever. Social media is 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 all also detrimental. And then you're just a user. That's why it says mm-hmm. user log in, like you're a user because mm. you're not paying for it. So therefore, you must be the user because you're not the product, I don't think. Yeah, growing up in that in their you know in teenage angst realm they they grew up with facebook that's they've had it their entire life right. where we got onto facebook at some point in our life for them it's a lot to them yeah. it means it's, everything yeah. to them and it's, whether it's that or instagram or whatever their version they're using if to have that medium become a place where free speech isn't allowed mm-hmm. and now there's a lot of censorship and algorithmic yes. social yes. programming happening it becomes very hard mm-hmm. for them to understand how to deal with that if they're not really in line with everything it's saying right. and they're not they don't they have cognitive dissonance and they may have another concept or other ideas that they want to explore the entire fabric that they've grown up with the backbone of their external communication system is telling them you're wrong Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not okay and there's nothing of value in what you're saying and and necessarily that um inherently it's bad somehow it's it's a very antithetical to the free speech origins of the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence. Right. You know, I find it so funny that that uh, you could even post a picture about COVID, literally. Oh, yeah. And then there's oh, yeah. a disclaimer. Pop, 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 right. Pop. It's mm-hmm. a disclaimer. It's like, you know, yeah. there's a disclaimer. But yet we can't take pornography, child pornography right. off yeah. of the Internet. But immediately, mm-hmm. uh, even if you censor the word COVID, yes. co- like yes. censor it in some way on, on the user's end, it still pops up on a note of it could be a photo and it will understand what you're saying. Yes, exactly. That's crazy. That's just it insane. Right. Yes. So what you get, and I'm on not the- too much of a Facebook person, but this last week's been kind of crazy with us because my husband got a call on the way home last week from driving. His brother got the vaccine and he's in the hospital with both legs bound blood clots. Oh man. Hanging up his feet are hanging up in the air. He's not allowed to move. He wasn't allowed to move for five whole days. I'm and sorry. I put that on there. Hey, you know, this is what happens, you know. And in, that was in Mexico in the AstraZeneca, whatever. I don't know. We don't have that vaccine here, but it, they do it. Yeah, that one. And so he went to the doctor. He says, I don't feel good. My leg's swelling. And he's like, what, did you get the vaccine? And he's like, yeah. And so I put that on there. Hey, you know, my he's real humble, quiet. He's a farmer. It's bean season and it's right. corn season. So he's more worried about his crops. And he's in the hospital because it was so, so get the vaccine get the vaccine get the vaccine and so he went and got the vaccine it's free come on and now he's in the hospital and hopefully today we get good news yeah yes. hopefully but i put that on there and right away you got a pop-up oh and this go here and click here mm-hmm. for covid and get the information and information right. come on and in facebook so jail that no right speech right yes and then and then you go to jail in facebook <laughs> yeah i know a lot of people that are dealing right. with the same thing and i'm like where's my commissary so we got to take a quick break but when we come back we're gonna finish up with americans for prosperity and talk about some other things that he came here to talk about (laughs) it's always off the cuff i love it it's fun taxes um what else infrastructure we talked about education education Mm -hmm. it's going to be a big thing because we're dead last 
So stay there. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Off the Cup ABQ. Hello, New Mexico. This is Mario Montoya with Casa Montoya Realty. When it comes to buying or selling real estate, you need professionals that can guide and educate you through the transaction process. Casa Montoya Realty provides realtors that assist from start to finish, making sure that your real estate transaction is as smooth as possible. As the exclusive Homes for Heroes brokerage in Albuquerque, we are here to give back to our hero buyers and sellers. Call 505-681-3125 or email mario at casamontoyarealty.com to register and for more information. Mañana Mejor is leading an effort to reform bail in a way that keeps New Mexicans safe. While violent crime is skyrocketing and the murder count in New Mexico is at a record-breaking high, some activist judges continue to release hardened criminals, many repeat offenders, back onto our streets. Learn what you can do to help at MañanaMejor.com. Everybody, welcome back to Monte Monday. I'm Diana Vargas. And I'm Christina Estrada. I'm Burley Kane from Americans for Prosperity. So what's happening? Thanks for joining us. Good to be back. We're looking at the Bernie Sanders $3.5 trillion, maybe $4.7 trillion infrastructure deal. Uh, breaking news on the other side, it just no, they just found out uh, Nancy Pelosi has $200 million in that budget, in that infrastructure <laughs> for a park oh, in oh San God. Francisco. That's what we're going to add three and a half to almost $5 trillion, right? That's 10% increase in our overall debt if we did that. Right. Uh, roughly, right? We're at 30, uh, $36 trillion. If we did three and a half trillion, that's a 10% uh, increase in the overall debt right there. Like when, once you start talking about trillions, I don't even know what that really means. The number is so hard for people to wrap their head around. Yeah. Billions. Uh, and, I mean, literally billionaires have so hard of a time spending yeah. that money once yeah. they have that much. Right. The fact that they're spending trillions of dollars, that's what we've spent in 18 years in Iraq. Um, the, the crazy part of this thing is they're, they're saying that you're looking at 10% of this money, right? $350 billion or so is what's actually gonna be spent on infrastructure, mm -hmm. roads, right. critical right. infrastructure. Mm -hmm. yeah. The rest of it is gonna be the wealthy and well-connected mm -hmm. connecting their projects behind Did the you scenes. you say $200 million park? Yeah. Or while California's birdie? $200 million park. Somebody's <laughs> going to build that. Yeah. They're pretty excited about that. Contractors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You think they know Nancy now? It's probable. That contractor mm -hmm. probably already knows Nancy. That kind of stuff around the country is going to happen time and again. Um, Martin Heinrich, Senator Heinrich, mm. has written a bill that uh, around electrification and uh, rebates. He is making it where if you get a, re, a rebate system for a solar, uh, electric car, they have to be a unionized electric car mm -hmm. around the country. So going after Tesla directly. On that. Right. Yeah. Things like that. They're, you're using the government and putting the debt on our kids' future, again, to engineer outcomes in business. This is not about infrastructure. This is about a non-union Tesla right. being targeted. Yep. This is right. about a contractor who's friends with Pelosi yep. in San Francisco it's getting a job program to make. Yeah, well, we this call it here is, La Movida. Yeah, this is the wealthy and well-connected taking our money mm -hmm. and at, and giving the bill to our kids. Right. Yep. That's what this like is. like. The whole ticket. Yep. Would you like separate tickets? No. <laughs> Charge yep. it all all to the kids. Well, exactly. the future, anyways. When they both they don't have books at school, they have to share a book. Well, I mean, at least in, in Albuquerque schools, at least in New Mexico schools. Yeah. How many kids a year right now fail in Albuquerque public mm -hmm. school? I've seen numbers that 55,000 students 
per year at APS are now able, able to pass basic entrance exams for businesses. Right. That's a failure point, right? And that's not stuck in New Mexico, unfortunately. We're one of the worst outcomes of that as a percentage of our population. But there are probably larger numbers of students as a lower percentage of the population around the country mm -hmm. who are failing too. Right. And we have really got to do a better job of understanding how to get it to where every kid gets the opportunity they need that helps them flourish. Right. We just did studies and we're looking at some information. I'll send you some stuff that we're working on here with some nonprofits that 66% of kids are disengaged in high school. That means that to a third of them, the system of put everybody in a chair, one model fits all, mm -hmm. that's gonna work for everybody, was built on the average by a guy named Bell. Mm -hmm. but the reality is 66% don't connect with it. Nope. So the average is not where it should be. The average is not the Bell curve. The Bell curve is way off here. Right. So a lot of students, disconnect. They have no idea how to connect to the education system by the time they get out. They have no training that they needed for the world that they spent they were in and we spent $14,000 roughly per child in New Mexico mm -hmm. to put them through that system. Yeah. So a third of them are getting what they need yeah, in, in the traditional but, you know, or the no, charters yeah. or the mm -hmm. system right. as it is. And and these are APS kids, so these are all traditional public schools. Uh, we're spending $14,000 a student. And the reality is a lot of parents would be much more connected and involved if they got to drive the outcome that they know their kids need, that their kids th thrive in and they flourish yeah. in. It'd be a better solution. And I drafted, worked with, and helped uh, get forward a, a, a bill with uh, Representative Dow and Representative Cook last year that um, we're supportive and want to see happen. And I think we can get there called the Education Freedom Account. And this is an education savings account and what it does is every kid in the state would get mm -hmm. a select amount of money, around $14,000, hopefully, the amount of money every kid gets on average that they get to in a structured account. They don't just get to spend it on everything and anything. It's not going to Hawaii. Right. It's structured on education mm -hmm. that empowers your kid, and every kid should have an empowered account that is an account they get to drive with their parents and their peer groups that they're working through to take the education choice they want. You want to go to a trade school, you want to go mm -hmm. to public school, private school, charter school, mm -hmm. whatever that might be. Take the, the journey that makes you a an interested, engaged, critical thinking, right. driven student that when you get out of, out of your education outcome, you're empowered in, in the community you're in. Like everybody should understand that welders are making $80,000 day one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. That and those aren't bad jobs. No. Master yeah. carpenters, uh, I call them sparkies, mm -hmm. but electricians, you know, the um, we still need yes, all of those. Definitely. Uh, even laying mm -hmm. concrete or pouring oh, yeah, concrete, yeah. cement, whatever you want to yeah. call it, because I think there's mm -hmm. there's a difference. One's a product and then one's a finished product. But <laughs> yeah. You gotta yeah. ask a construction yeah. worker about that, but you catch my drift. Well, I, yeah, it I had the four, the four adult <clears throat> kids, and they all each did different. And I was lucky that I let them do that because some people they cannot do that unless they have like what you say. That bill is awesome. Yeah. I had one do um, a Christian homeschool. He hated school, and I had to, they had a packets program, but they ran out of money and they didn't get a grant back. It was a program through Estancia Schools, but they take a packet home and they did their homework at home, and it, so a lot of rodeo kids. Mm -hmm. That would go rodeo off and, and, and miss school. Mm -hmm. They had that packet program. My daughter did that. 
I had another two. One of them went to Tito. He wouldn't miss school if he was dying sick. He loved public school, <laughs> so he was a the, so. Is that the Diego, Democrat? No, no this Diego. is Diego's a de- the one. He um got in a car wreck and he broke fifteen bones. He broke oh, his back, sorry. his neck, and so he missed almost half of his his junior year recuperating. So they had that program. I'm pretty sure they have it here where you work steady. So all summer he worked and got that credit back. And so, nice. you know, there's a lot of programs out there, but right. people don't know about them. They can't mm-hmm. afford to mm-hmm. pay because homeschool is kind of expensive. I was homeschooled. Yeah. It's, it's, Public it, school it, and private yeah. school. So, yeah. So each four of my kids that came from the same, you know, home, they had different ways to learn. And they were all, and I'm and, and not bragging because they're my kids, but they're all pretty dang successful. Right. You know, two of them had to go out of state to be successful. That's kind of sad. Unfortunately. But, you know, <clears throat> two of them are here and they're doing good, but they all had a different way to learn. And that's, that's right. the way it should. It shouldn't be just, oh, let's put you in a box and let's test the teachers. And if you fail that test, it's the teacher's fault. High five, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're amazing. You're amazing. This is why I have her on, Mo- on Monday Mondays. <laughs> Because she's one of my favorite New Mexicans for sure. That's awesome. And she's a ball of fire. Don't <laughs> don't think you can mess with Christina Estrada because she's from the Monte. That's awesome. Yeah, and we got some beautiful. I was last night watching the sunset. I'll argue with anybody, debate it oh, yeah. um, till the cows come home that somebody mm-hmm. else has a better sunset. No. Than right, right. And it, we have, it doesn't exist. We have everything. I think that we are just untapped potential in so mm-hmm. many places in the terms of the outcomes that we could see if we break some of these barriers. And, and, you know, more of our, our kids would stay here. Yes. Um, yeah. There's so much to enjoy about this place. You don't have some of the unfortunate uh, natural disasters you see mm-hmm. around the country. Yes. Some of them, <laughs> the you know, have been uh, problematic and mm-hmm. um, naturally driven. And some have been exacerbated by government mm-hmm. policy, mm-hmm. Um, certainly. But we have a powerful potential in New Mexico, yep. aside from the beautiful culture, the yeah. beautiful scenery yes. environment. Yes. That we all love and protect and it's a wonderful place to be yes we, it is. we really uh, my goal with education by the way tonight Corey DeAngelis I'll give a little plug to this mm-hmm. we have an event tonight at the museum downtown or by Old Town mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll send you the link on that if you're able to put that up and it's free um, yeah, we're gonna be doing a, an event with Corey DeAngelis he was on the short list to be the de- uh, uh, Secretary of Education, if Betsy DeVos had not um, had stepped down mm-hmm. during the Trump administration, he is a, a fireball and he's a fantastic advocate for education for students driving their own outcomes and uh, empowering them to see what their potential is and, and to own that. And I would, it's at 530 tonight. Okay. I'd recommend anybody come, tell Downtown. your friends and neighbors, bring everybody. Yeah, it's at the museum. Mm-hmm. It's at um, Albuquerque Museum. Albuquerque mm-hmm. Museum, I think it is. And uh, let me pull up the details real quick. Okay. But that is a really, really cool event tonight. It is at Albuquerque Museum. And 5.30, it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to co-host it with the Rio Grande Foundation. Um, yeah. Great and, foundation. Yep. Um, and we'd love to see you guys come. So uh, he's fantastic. He works at the Adjunct Scholar Decatur Institute, American Federation for Children, Executive Director of Educational Freedom Institute, Adjunct at Cato Institute, Senior Fellow at the Reason Foundation. He's on Forbes 30 for uh, 30 out of 30 list for his work on education policy, Buckley Award, America's Future in 2020. Legitimate. Legit stuff. Legitimate speaker tonight. So right. if you guys awesome. are not doing and something, the, come right. over. And the possibilities are endless. And even if you're a parent or somebody interested in education and improving the outcomes of New Mexico, 
uh, it's probably about time we start listening to other things, seeing what's actually working to improve the outcome. Because for New Mexico, at least, we settle all arguments on the education system by the graduation rate. Right. Period. Mm -hmm. End of story. Mm -hmm. APS is too big. I don't see yes. a lot of education coming out of there. Mm -hmm. uh, like little things like balancing a checkbook. These are basic, basic things. What does your credit score yes. mean? What does yes. it mean to have a credit yes. score? Well, so what does it mean yeah. to buy a house? What, uh, uh, what's Gosh, a credit? Just simple stuff again. But simple if you have stuff. bad credit, you know what that looks like. <laughs> that means you pay too damn much for everything. Mm -hmm. So we have a youth entrepreneurs mm -hmm. uh, course at our office down by, it's across the street from campus, uh, UNM. We have a campus office. It's 4,500 square feet. We call it the Liberty Hub. Hmm. You guys are always welcome to be there anytime. We do a bunch of things like the financial literacy and um, yeah, youth entrepreneurs and a lot of other things down there. We've got great textbooks, great uh, books around any given topic that you guys want to learn about different right. things and how this would work and that would work. Uh, we're working on a bunch of different projects and systems I love it. all the time. So we'd love to have you guys maybe come down and tour it. Totally, yeah. totally, uh, totally. fun. Um, or, or even remote host sometime. We, we have a little <laughs> we would studio. totally love this. It's not as cool and, and the mics aren't as good, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'd love to have you guys come down there. Well, that's oh, yeah. cool. And, and definitely we'd love to have some youth on air too. So yeah. if there's a, yeah. you know, if any of them are interested in that, uh, because we are committed to the youth. Yeah, we have to empower them to think mm -hmm. for themselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's one of the most yes. important outcomes that we can see as critical thinkers. Mm -hmm. Right, right. That is my number one goal in this state is to create a powerful outcome of critical thinkers who think for themselves. Yes. And, mm -hmm. um, they're going to drive a powerful, innovative, free society that we are going to have that it, we need for innovation and right. and equal rights and all the things that we hold so dear in the country. Absolutely. I'll get you some youth. And I would love to have, I think Corey DeAngelis would love to be on your show at some point. Totally. I'd love, I'm going to talk to him and see if he's <laughs> okay. interested to do it. So thank you very much for being on the My show. Pleasure. You are welcome back um, at any time. Seriously, thank you're you. great. You're fabulous. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. Every time I turn around, I'm getting broken into, and the cops don't even come anymore. What do we pay taxes for? Then I found out that the city has more officers investigating other officers than they do investigating crime. How does that make us safer? If you want more officers focused on fighting crime, tell city leaders by texting hashtag crime matters more to 52886. That's 52886 because crime matters more. Do you need hope, hope to live, hope to grow, and hope in God? Find these and more at Hope Ahead Classes, women helping women in a caring community. Class info at hopeahead.org. We give practical, simple help, tips, and tools. Find your hope this summer. Everybody, welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's Monte Monday. I'm in with Tina. Christina Estrada here. Christina. Tina. <laughs> Tina. 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 So from the Monte. In-house with us now on the second half, we're talking about repeat offenders, violent criminals, taking advantage of the criminal justice system, going all the way back to the 2016 bail bond reform. You've heard it here off the cuff's original series, Bail Bond Reform Lie with Gerald Madrid. He knows the situation intimately and these criminals are getting arrested and literally bond. Bail bonds is just completely eliminated. And so you either stay in jail for like ever or you get out on what you call pretrial with the monitor come to find out they're not monitoring nope. the monitors nope. 
And they're still going out and committing these very yeah. violent acts. Devin Trey, we're going to make that a distinction. Devin Trey Hayborn, he is a victim of Devin Munford, who was on pretrial release and he murdered Devin Trey. So Devin Munford, offender, repeat offender, taking advantage of the criminal justice system. He took the life of Devin Trey. So we'll refer to the victim as Devin Trey. And we have his mother in here today, Angel. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. So um, tell us what, ha what happened. My son had met Devin Munford um when devin mumford was incarcerated he had devin mumford had just turned 18 once he committed his violent crimes da torres had tried to get him to stay in the judge let him go on pre-trial release and he was on a gps monitor come to find out that he committed many crimes a repeat offender a repeat offender he just was not caught Apparently, he wasn't being monitored well. He had an altercation with my son and ultimately went to his apartment. It's kind of close to here, honestly. Mm -hmm. I had to pass it on the way here. brought back a bunch of memories. Then he proceeded to kill him, all while wearing a GPS monitor. Wow. So what was Munford originally in jail or charged that he needed the ankle monitor. So he was uh, in jail for shooting a gun out of a window and also some kind of um, altercation that he got into with somebody. And uh, according to DA Torres, it was a violent offense. Okay, so, so this Munford, Devin Munford, he gets arrested shooting a gun out the window, causing havoc, havoc on Albuquerque, gets arrested, and then there's no bail bond. That's been eliminated. So they do what you call um, safety assessment, and they use this tool, and it's basically, mm -hmm. you know, some check marks or I, I, I don't. Ridiculous. Nobody, it's ridiculous. <laughs> nobody really knows what it is. So he gets out because all of these reformers, you know, they keep, well, if, uh, you're innocent until proven guilty. We have the right to bond out of jail um, unless, what, you're a flight risk or you're a danger to the community. If you're already being charged with a violent crime and you're in jail, you should just stay in jail until your trial. Is he in jail now? He is, and we've already gone through. You had court this morning. I did, and he's already gone through the, uh, the court that we had this morning was to decide if he was competent to stand trial. We've postponed this particular court three times already. Today's reasoning was because they couldn't get a hold of his counsel. The last court we had, he came out with uh, devil horns in his hairdo, um, acting like he was somebody important. Why somebody incarcerated should even have the right to do things like that? Uh, it, it so, like, what do you mean? Like, he, he twisted his hair yes. and, and made himself look like the devil, or uh -huh. what? And to me, it's... Mocking. Very, yes. How disrespectful is that? I mean, if we were to go to court, any one of us, for any particular reason, we would have to dress appropriately, mm -hmm. leave our cell phones mm -hmm. at the door, all these things that they say that we must abide by, but yet these criminals in jail don't have to abide by these things? Yeah. It's so totally. disrespectful. Totally. And, uh, well, it's a criminal justice system. Seriously, mm -hmm. it's for criminals. So does he have a public defender? Yes. 
public defender. So recently there was an article, and well, there's always an article, mm -hmm. but there was a few of them, and one read that basically this whole criminal justice system with the ankle monitors, all of this, they're just telling these extreme stories like mm -hmm. the one of your son to get a knee jerking response. response to that is how do you sleep at night to right. say that my son was not just a statistic mm -hmm. my son had a name his name's Devin Trey Hayborn and he's not one tenth of your one percent study and along the lines of this in particular study they're referencing to is that they're saying that these criminals that are on pretrial release are not getting rearrested for crimes well say that again they're not getting arrested does not mean they're not doing, doing reoffending. Mm -hmm. It just means they're not getting caught. Mm -hmm. And along those lines, they only did up to March of 2020. Well, we've seen a spike in homicides and crimes in this city, in New Mexico in particular, over the course of this last year. So I feel like their stats are a little off. Right, or skewed, because the reality is that they're not getting arrested. It's not that they're not committing it. Because we know that Artie Pepin, who is the director of the administrative office of the courts, who makes, mind you, over like 120, 130,000 a year, this is the boss here, um, director, probably appointed, I'm guessing, I don't know, but he's not doing his job. He said during holidays, during COVID, the weekends, the weekends even three-day weekends, nobody is monitoring the monitor. Right. Now, to find out that, uh, first of all, Devin Mumford was on pretrial release and GPS monitoring, and supposedly to the strictest of terms, so quote-unquote house arrests, and to know specifically that he was out every single day committing, you know, different crimes that they're now looking into the day he killed my son. He went on to pull a weapon on an elderly woman. He uh, robbed a Circle K, you know, and and I know for a fact that he was out, you know, previous times, whether he was committing other crimes besides those or not. The fact that no one was alerted that he was out of jurisdiction or, you know, out besides school, an appointment or work. Which, to me, that's even ridiculous. Yep. If you're on house arrest, mm -hmm. you should be in your house. Yeah, there's no privileges. House arrest is house arrest. I mean, even on COVID lockdown, we were all on house arrest. We couldn't go anywhere. I, I can't remember the statistics. It's, it's like over 80. Yeah. I know that we're like um, under the 20 of in the country right now. Yeah. So we're up there with Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. yeah, the birthplace yeah, of the mafia. <laughs> the birthplace of the mafia. So uh, on, on another time that we can get together, I'd love to share the next event I have coming up. Um, well, actually, the next event that we have Yes, let's talk up, about this. Yeah, so the, the next event we have coming up is on Saturday, uh, the 25th. And actually, the 25th is the National Day of Remembrance for Homicide Victims. I believe in 2007, they went ahead and passed this so that we can all get together and remember those loved ones we lost. Um, I'm currently involved in a group called New Mexico Crusaders for Justice, and it was started by two moms who wanted to make people aware of the different um, groups that there are for victims um 
they get together for grief counseling. They put together events like this so that we can stand for our loved ones and in their memory mm-hmm. and try to make change. So this uh, march that we're doing on September twelfth, twenty fifth, it's going to start at eleven o'clock at the Civic Plaza, and it's basically uh, let's see, let me just read a little thing here. Um, September twenty fifth, eleven a.m. at the Civic Plaza. It's to show New Mexicans that we can unite to push for change towards our common goals. This march is against crime. It is for our education system, and it is to show support for our Albuquerque Police Department in remembrance of all those loved ones we have lost to gun violence. And they would like to make this a yearly event to create a safe environment where everyone can come together and have open communication to talk about these issues and our system failures and to get together in numbers because numbers bring Mm -hmm. strength to fight for what we need. Absolutely, absolutely. We've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to finish up with the mother of Devin Trey Hayburn, Hayborn, who was murdered by Devin Munford, a repeat violent offender who is now what appears, what would seem to be acting crazy just to yeah. get out on pretrial, I guess. Stay quiet during this segment because we'll get all kinds of fines and stuff because it's infuriating yes with the the gps monitor in this day and age it should be extra because all the technology we have so back in the day like oh no i got an ankle monitor i can't do nothing i can't go my house but now it's like the 2021 it should be even worse like they should be watching him with satellites and stuff even even on my vehicle i have gps monitor that i can Mm -hmm. make a boundary that the alarm will go off but yet these criminals because it's it's all their alarms mm -hmm. aren't going off right Right. Or they are going off and they're just being ignored. You're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ. We exist because New Mexicans have been ignored. If you have a situation where you've been ignored, Off the Cuff got your back. Offthecuffabq.com. Stay there. We'll be right back. Guns is the only women veteran-owned firearm store and has the largest blue label store in New Mexico offering special pricing for first responders and military. ABQ Guns carry Sig Sauer, Glock, CZUSA, FNUSA, and Smith & Wesson with non-inflated pricing. Visit us at abqguns.com. ABQ Guns has the best customer service in New Mexico. Mention Off the Cuff and receive a 5% discount on all accessory items. Visit us at abqguns.com. Golden Equipment Company, finding innovative solutions. We are a full-service heavy equipment Volvo dealer offering sales, parts, service, and rental. Locally owned for over 35 years, we're proud to be a part of your community. Our dedicated and certified crew will help keep you productive and efficient. Come see us at any of our three locations, Albuquerque, Farmington, and Durango, Colorado. Check us out on social media or visit our website, goldenequipment.com. We look forward to helping you with your next project. Hello, New Mexico. This is Mario Montoya with Casa Montoya Realty. When it comes to buying or selling real estate, you need professionals that can guide and educate you through the transaction process. Casa Montoya Realty provides realtors that assist from start to finish, making sure that your real estate transaction is as smooth as possible. As the exclusive Homes for Heroes brokerage in Albuquerque, we are here to give back to our hero buyers and sellers. Call 505-681-3125 or email mario at casamontoyarealty.com to register and for more information. Everybody, welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ. I'm Diana Vargas. I'm Christina Estrada. Angel O'Leary. 
and that is the mother of Devin Trey Hayborn, not to be confused with Devin Munford, who murdered Devin Trey, repeat violent offender, had an ankle monitor, had a GPS monitor, was out on pretrial release from another violent offense, and now this morning he was acting cuckoo in front of the judge, making a mockery of everything, and then his attorney didn't show up, his attorney probably being public defenders. So yeah, we've been going back and forth with this for quite a while. This is already, I want to say, the third of the trials that is trying to determine if he's competent to stand trial. Apparently, in my opinion, he was competent enough to do what he needed to do, commit the crimes. He was uh, seen rapping in a video with the gun that killed my son, I want to say half an hour after he was murdered. Um, all he was showing off. Yeah, mm-hmm. and while he's out there showing off and committing other crimes, then the police actually had to get a search warrant to obtain his GPS information to locate oh, him. No. From the actual monitor. Yes. So so we've been we've been covering this and, and, and I said, Okay, okay, I'm I'm completely and utterly totally conf- confused. I'm so confused. So violent offender gets arrested for violent crime. Violent offender goes to jail, gets a mugshot and then gets like a room assigned to him. Same violent offender goes to court. Judge says like this, violent offender, we're going to give you an ankle monitor. Now it has GPS, and here is a long list of something that you and your attorney has to sign, and they're called, it's called an agreement, a pre-trial release. In other words, it's going to say, number one, you can't use any drugs. Number two, can't buy any alcohol. Number three, can't own, can't carry any uh, weapons, uh, guns, things like this. And we're going to be tracking you because you got a GPS monitor on you that we have paid <laughs> another company to put on you and to monitor you. And this is this all goes to the Artie Pippen department, right? Because he does the pretrial release and whoever works under him, buck stops there. And then Violent Defender goes out and kills mm-hmm. Devin Trey with, with the ankle monitor that has a GPS. A court-appointed ankle monitor, whatever they call and it. And the agreement yeah. that says, look, we're going to track you. And he has to get a warrant. For and that. now we need a warrant to get, get the, the data ankle. from here Ay, just to see where violent offender was at again for the other repeat violent offense. Uh, yeah. hey, I'm exhausted. It's a kick in the face. It's it a is. kick in the face. It's a kick in the face to every single person in the city of Albuquerque. It is not a matter of if, but a matter of when. Either it will be your property, your car, your person, your children, your or so, your bank account, or somebody you know. Period. End of story. Albuquerque, New Mexico is a violent, violent city. And judges... They're letting these criminals run run wild. Legislators, they are passing legislation. And it's all in the spirit of, like, poverty. It's all in the spirit of, 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 of marginalized people, meaning brown people. Yep. Because... They can't afford bail. So damn poor, we need somebody else to help us. Going back to marginalizing, I, believe, I can't remember at the moment. I, I know you might have some names over there. Uh, the, I, I know that... They did a study that was conducted by UNM, and yes. they said that it was marginal people, marginal offenses being committed um, by reoffenders and this and that. Um, well, I'm here to tell you that my son was not marginal. Mm-hmm. They want to say that one tenth of one percent of these 
pretrial release criminal like a single hair off your head yes like this yes. kind of statistic that, that one tenth of one percent of these criminals that are on pretrial release are reoffending. well in the study it says one tenth of one percent of these criminals are being arrested it does not say that they are not reoffending or committing these crimes because they can't be sure of that. It right. is that they are not getting caught. Mm -hmm. They are not getting caught. So the headline reads like this: Courts push back against pretrial detention criticism. It's beyond criticism, I would think. I think I think it's a reflection of reality. So the debate continues over whether more people accused of crimes in New Mexico should stay in jail before their trial. The courts are pushing back against all the recent calls to increase the use of pretrial detention. They're pointing to a recent research that they paid for. It's a UNM of New Mexico study that shows how many people have been accused of committing new crimes while out on release awaiting trial in Bernalillo County. It took nearly a three-year period ending March of 2020 examining 10,289 felony cases of those accused and then getting released before trial. But again, back to the 2016 bail bond reform. In total, one in five, nearly 2,000, were arrested for new criminal activity. But again, over and over and over again. So this might account for the one time, but not the several times. Because it's that small group of people that keep re-offending the same violent crime. What about the one in Doniana County? He was released pre-trial and then he killed somebody else and then and then and then was playing soccer with its head yep. in a park wow so marginalized I don't know. so what's the solution to me the solution is to keep these criminals in jail until they can prove that they are quote unquote innocent if they're saying that you know they're innocent till proven guilty then keep them behind bars until you can prove that um, I don't believe the GPS system works. Mm -hmm. I feel like even if it does work, that they should not be putting violent offenders on this system. Mm -hmm. Like to find out the other day that they had an actual suspected murder on a GPS system. How can you keep us safe um, saying that this person is just going to be at home, chilling? Mm -hmm. Watching Oprah. Yeah eating some popcorn while they cut off their monitor, mm -hmm. you know, right. yeah. just a normal day. Right. I mean, why even bother cutting it off if they're not even monitoring? <laughs> I mean, that right. just yeah. seems like an extra yeah. step for the criminal. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you know, after five o'clock or on weekends where um, all these workers get Go to spend home. time mm -hmm. with their families, mm -hmm. get together, have dinner, something I'll never get to do again. Mm -hmm. right. right. With we your used son. used to have mm -hmm. dinner and game night all the time. That's never going to happen mm -hmm. again because the system failed mm -hmm. to actually monitor the person that needed to be monitored. They're just not being monitored. Criminals take advantage of the criminal justice system. It is not, it's not rumor. It's happening. You read it all the time. It's a symptom. It is a symptom of the 2016 bail bond reform lie. Crime will continue to be out of control so long as we have liberal judges, mm -hmm. liberal judges, jobs program, uh, men like Artie Pepin who do not do their job and continue to get a paycheck without any consequence whatsoever. Artie Pepin, I didn't even know his name until two weeks ago, and I had been doing this, this, this bail bond reform radio series with Gerald Madrid because these people, a lot of them, they just fly under the radar. And like you said, who owns the ankle monitor company? Who 
I wonder if those, those people are related to yeah. somebody. It's, it's sort of like the, um, like the breathalyzer test. Well, my yep. lawyer tried to retrieve that information. He actually, there's apparently two different contracts when you go into this uh, pretrial release and the GPS monitoring. And uh, I believe it's pretrial release services that have the first part of the contract and then uh, the detention center that's supposedly supposed to monitor after five, something to that effect. But we're having a hard time getting that information, getting any information about, you know, uh, Devin Mumford's GPS monitoring, um, even as far as police reports, any information that has to do with my son's case is not getting to us. They keep postponing. They keep making excuses, and this is all public information mm -hmm. that we right. should be mm -hmm. have availability. Mm -hmm. The rule is that everything should be transparent. The exception is secrecy, and that yeah. there's some things that apply to that, but very little. The 24th, this Saturday, 20. this Saturday, the 25th, you will be having at the Civic Plaza, 11 a.m., a remembrance of violent, Homicide. violent homicides of victims who ultimately lost their lives and the family members be holding their pictures, um, I'm guessing. And then, and then, and then maybe then we could guess how marginalized mm -hmm. yeah. it is because it would seem like well, the entire effort is marginalized. Yeah, going back to the president-elect of the New Mexico Criminal Defense Lawyer Association, I believe her comment was all these knee-jerkers. Right. Yeah. Knee-jerkers that the media are using to sway political agendas and media responses well you know what until something like this happens close to home yeah. you're going to continue mm -hmm. to think it's not a big issue it's not a problem that the percentages of this study show that that your system is working we're here mm -hmm. to stand in unison at this march to show you that it is not working mm -hmm people's babies absolutely absolutely we'll definitely be there thank you again for being on the show that's literally all the time that we have um last words no just thanks for coming and sharing your story because people want like put put a face your yes. your baby's face you know right. these are yes. real people's real people's lives right so thank you for coming and sharing. Yes. thank you so much yeah. for having me i just wanted to get out there that my baby was not a statistic mm -hmm. that he has a name and a face and he had a lot going for him. He was almost done with pilot school. He was a great athlete, a hard worker. He was the one that went and took the grandparents' groceries mm -hmm. and cleaned their house, gave my dad haircuts. And literally, I believe my dad died of a broken heart five weeks later because that was his buddy. Right. So, and grandma's not doing well health-wise now. And the other grandma is just literally in tears every day. And it's hard for me to stay strong. Mm -hmm. Got to stay strong mm -hmm. for my baby and be that mama bear. But every night I cry myself to sleep. In the morning I wake up thinking, was this a nightmare? And then during the day I'm waiting for his million phone calls. Mm -hmm. Mom, how do you make mm -hmm. pot roast? <laughs> Mom, what should I buy for this? Mom, how do I talk to this person about this? Yeah. And I'm glad I answered all those calls now, even though some days I'd be frustrated, like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> she's calling again. <laughs> and leaving you with this thought. The last call I did not answer, which will haunt me till the day I go, was that call when he was dying on the floor. He asked his girlfriend, can you call my mom as he's dying? And I wasn't near my phone. So I wish that was the last call I could have taken to tell him how much I loved him 
and how proud I am mm-hmm. of him. But that didn't happen, so we're going to go a different route because he had previously asked me, Mom, I want you to help people like me. And when he said people like me is he had a lot of social anxiety, mm-hmm. and that's why sometimes he tended to hang out with the Devin Mumfords of the world because he felt that they were non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. He felt that he could come to these type of people and be accepted. Mm-hmm. When my son met Devin Mumford, in, it, they were both incarcerated. But my son didn't need to be incarcerated. He wasn't a violent criminal. He needed to someone to say, hey, kid, maybe you need counseling. Maybe you need a new direction. Maybe we should put you in some type of program to help teenagers. Right. Mm-hmm. My son was not the kind of person that needed to be in jail. Devin Mumford was the kind of person that needed to be in jail. Well, God bless you. Thank you for coming on the show. If there's anything we could do for you in the future, let us know. Thank you so much. Thanks for riding with me, Christina. We'll see you tomorrow in New Mexico.